his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Oh, it is a Ricky Martin kind of day. The buttons are down a little bit. You got the shorts on, the flip-flops. 54 degrees in December. And not only is it 54, it feels like 54. I love it. I love every minute of it. Like I said, Christmas morning, walking outside, kids were playing basketball in the street. That was awesome. That was awesome. But, you know, with every uh, decent, warm Christmas, New Year's, comes a later winter. But you know what? That sounds like a problem for future Joe Beamer. Because present Joe Beamer is enjoying 54 degrees and uh, very comfortable uh, temperatures outside. All right. We're talking the Trump economy. We're talking the, the stock market. It seems when Democrats want to run against it or against Trump, when the economy comes up, they just downplay what he's done or they say something crazy like, yeah, I'll lose 100,000 jobs if it's better for the environment or Elizabeth Warren saying along the lines that she is Wall Street's worst nightmare. So it's an interesting approach instead of just saying, Yeah, you know, Trump's done a good job with the economy, but you don't hear that. 803-0930, star 930. Let's go to John in Jamestown to start the hour. John, good morning. Morning, Tony. How are you doing today? John, I'm doing all right. What do you got for us? Well, um, I got three things, if if I could. Okay. One, I, I just, in response to a couple of your previous callers who were praising, uh, their comrade Obama, um, you know, I'd rather have Trump say things that some people cringe about than to be eloquently lied to day to day. And what do you mean, John? Like Obama did. Also, he did. Everybody talks about how he was so eloquent. Yeah, he was an eloquent liar was what he was. All right. Uh, John, what do you like about the Trump economy? I like about the Trump economy. I've been in HVAC sales for the past 25 years. 
And in the last three years, I can guarantee you more people have changed out old heating and air conditioning equipment that's 10, 20 years old than they have probably in the last 40 years, in the last three years. Our industry is booming because people have the money and the confidence to spend the money. Well, John, sounds good to me, man. Keep up the good work, all right? Yes, sir. Thanks. John in Jamestown. By the way, this is Joe on the Friday show here on WBEN. CNBC did a piece yesterday. I want to say this was yesterday. Trump's stock market rally is far outpacing past U.S. presidents. This is CNBC, by the way. It's got NBC in the name, and they wrote an article on the president's market rally outpacing past U.S. presidents. The S&P has returned more than 50% since Trump was elected, more than double the 23% average market return of presidents three years into their term, according to data from the investment group dating to 1928. Those are pretty good numbers. And like John said, the last caller, he owns a business and he said more, their business is booming because more people have more money in their pockets. And that's my argument for the 2020 election. You know, a lot of people don't want to admit they're going to vote for Trump. We saw this in 2016. And I think some people might even go to the ballot thinking, how am I going to, what am I going to do here? How am I going to vote? But I think when you sit down at that fake ballot box, which is now just a project board, uh, in a, uh, you have your pencil and you have your little Scantron test sheet. I think you're going to vote for the reason you have more money in your pocket. Like I said, there are definite negatives. I'm not one of these people who everything the president does is, is great. I've never been that kind of person. I can find, I, I can find the negatives of any candidate, but the positives of President Trump outweigh the negatives. And when I go to that ballot box and I feel my back pocket is a little heavier, I'm going to fill out the bubble for President Trump. But I want to know from you, we'll continue talking the economy, we'll continue talking the stock market, but I'd like to introduce another question to you this segment, this hour, and that is, what motivates you what issue motivates you for the 2020 election? What are you voting for when you go and vote in 2020? Now, we'll still talk the economy because I still have points to make on this, but I'd like to know from you, and I will definitely um, elaborate on what I just said, but I want to know when you go to vote in 2020, or any election that is, what are the issues you vote for? Now, those can vary by election. I think in 2004, a lot more people voted for uh, for strength in the military, voted for consistency overseas, and went with President Bush. But I do think there is an issue, a generic issue, you usually look at every election. For me, now remember, my first year voting was 2008. It was the first year I was able to vote. and First presidential election I was able to vote in. And I've always been someone to vote on who I think the economy would make the economy better. I want to know from you, especially people voting for Democrats, 
people who align themselves left of the aisle. I'd love to hear from you. What issue, what is the main issue or issues that motivate you to go to the ballot box? Because if we're all real with ourselves, if we're all honest, there's always something you don't like about the person you vote for, right? There's got to be one person, one thing about them you don't like, but there is an issue that, that there's a nerve they struck and it's an issue they brought up that motivated you to vote for that person, that drove you to go to the ballot box and vote for that person. I'd like to know. 803-0930, star 930, the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board is open at 3930. It's Joe Beamer. It's Friday here on News Radio 930 WBEN. All right, looking at the text board during the last break reminded me of this clip from Seinfeld when talking about the Christmas spirit. I'm going to play this and then we'll get back into calls. But this, the last few texts into the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, which I love the Orchard Park, the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Uh, but I think some people have lost that Christmas spirit pretty quickly. The Christmas tree certainly seems to inspire a love-hate relationship. All that time is spent selecting it and decorating it. And then a week after, it's just thrown somewhere. You see it by the side of the road. It looks like a mob hit. Car slows down, the door opens, and this tree just rolls out. Boom, boom, boom. Snap out of that Christmas spirit like it was a drunken stupor. They just wake up one morning and go, oh my God, there's a tree inside the house. Just throw it anywhere. <laughs> it's kind of how it is, right? We're two days after uh, the Christmas Day celebrations, and I think people are already back on, hey, let's uh, let's get right back at it. 803-0930, star 930, Dan in West Seneca. Dan, good morning. And good morning, and thanks for having me. You know, Joe, I, li I like your, your latter question. Uh, you wanted to talk to a Democrat, and I believe what you're saying is, what will be the issues that will drive me when I go to the ballot box? And then, and then I'll touch on the economy, and I'm going to relate the two, uh, and, and you'll see my perspective. And, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong, um, but I like the fact that, that you asked. Um, Dan, sounds good. Okay, here we go. When I go to the ballot box, one concern I have, and it's not all economy-driven, uh, money is important for everyone. However, I believe that if you're a senator, a congressman, president of the United States, that you not only are the administration of governance, you, you have to pay the bills, correct? Right? What, what, whatever liabilities the country, the state, the municipality has, uh, that is one reason why we elect politicians. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. Okay. So in governance, it is fine that the economy is doing well, but that cannot be the only focus of the administrator of either the country, the state, or the local municipality. Uh, I believe governance is about building a society. So, And a society is a very complex uh, structure. You have young people, you have old people, you have people of color, uh, and there has to be some type of balance. And I think one criticism that I'm going to have of Mr. Trump, um, which does not attack his character, I think his focus is too much on the economy. And uh, you know already uh, that I really don't care for his approach 
to handling the economy because, to me, it is uh, equal to you or I, Mr. Beamer, private citizen. You live in your apartment. I live in my house. If you paid all your bills on the credit card, uh, then what would you do with the cash? And my problem with the way Tax Cuts and Job Act works, for one, I felt the first model was President George Bush Jr., and I felt that it was not successful. And he had the foresight to enact the tax cuts as a stimulus to a sluggish economy, and he also understood that they could only be temporary because the business of running a government takes revenue, and you can't extract that much revenue from Dan? I think we lost Dan in West Seneca. Dan, if you're listening, give us a call back. I think the uh, the phone, um, he hit a not-so-well-covered spot for uh, his cell phone. So, Dan, if you're listening, call us back. Here, here's the point I think Dan was going to make, that the, the tax cuts, and, and we've heard this not only from Dan, we heard it from Kevin Hardwick last Sunday on Hardline. The, the argument is that they're charging too much, they're taking too much, for these tax cuts, and the deficit is going up and up. But I said this in the first hour. I I really do think that eventually you're going to have enough money being put into the economy that then the government will be making more money, everyone will be making more money, and you'll pay off the deficit. Now, I could be wrong. I'm not in a – I'm not in – economist, sorry, wow, having trouble with that word this morning. I'm not an economist, so I don't know, but there is something positive about more people spending more money to see Americans employed. You know, we just had, like I read from the New York Post, a very successful holiday shopping season. That's good. That means people are have more disposable income. And I think, again, if we have more money being put into this economy, the quicker we can get to paying that deficit off. And I might be wrong. As I told someone on the text board, this is an opinion show. This is my opinion. I ask for yours, and I'm happy that I have Dan and Tony and John that will call in and give the perspective from the other side. I think that's positive to be able to hear from them. And we can have those discussions back and forth. But I do think I'd rather Americans be working, Americans be have more disposable income to be spending, and then we can tackle the deficit. 803 How about Tom in Pendleton? Tom, good morning. Good morning. What do you think about the uh, everything going on there, Tom? Well, if you ask me what I would like, I would like to have an honest press because uh, I think enough, there's enough people who know what is really going on, and we shake our head when we watch the news, listen to certain people. Oh, the Buffalo News, perfect example. I go to my mother's house on Sunday morning and take my sister to church. Or I page through the paper, and I'm going, this is, this is crazy. Where's this story coming from? So it's uh, honest press would be my number one wish. Okay, Tom. Uh, there are times that I think... Dan from West Seneca, he would, if he knew 
everything that, hey, there's a million articles, there's a million things you could read. Use your own judgment. Come to your own conclusions. Don't take anybody's word for anything. And I think the average person today would say, holy shaving cream. We're more like when I was a kid in high school, we used to laugh about Russia and their news media and all that. And it's like, wow, we're there now. 1984 is in my lifetime. So, well, Tom, I, I do think you, you see, especially in cable news, you see a lot of edit, editorializing of the news and not so much journalism anymore. I mean, look at CNN's White House reporter, uh, Jim Acosta. That guy gives his opinion. He doesn't give actual facts from the White House. Well, somebody said, follow the money. And uh, it's like Dan's worried. Dan's worried about nickels. And the guy in West Seneca, he's worried about nickels and dimes. Trump is trying to boost this thing up to get it running as fast as we can until we till we jet into something else. It's like the whole world is going down this economic monopoly game. Who can print the most? They beat down the things that have the most value. Go, go buy yourself a uh, 1921 silver dollar. They're about, they're about 15 to 20 bucks. Hold that in your hand. That is a dollar. I say this to my granddaughters now. I give them that coin and I go, you can have this or a $100 bill in your lifetime. That little hunk of silver is going to be more worth more than that $100 bill. All right, Tom and Pendleton, thanks for the call. 803-0930-STAR-930. When we come back, we will continue our call with Dan. Hopefully he has a better phone reception, and hopefully he heard my response uh, to what he said. We'll get into that, and we will also talk to you. We are talking about the Trump economy also what drives you to the ballot box? What issue attracts you to one candidate over the other? It's Joe Beamer. It's Friday. More after this. I wonder what it's like to know that I made the Welcome back. Joe Beamer here on the Friday show here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Let's get right back to it. Dan in West Seneca. Dan, the phone dropped off. Uh, continue where you were. Well, and, and I want to thank you for, for allowing me uh, to pick back up. But 
I, I think I'm broad in scope. I'm not, I'm not narrow-minded, uh, and certainly I voted for Republicans before. Uh, I am an issue-driven uh, voter. So I'm going to give you a couple of dislikes and touch on the economy again. Um, I felt Richard Nixon, when he did a price freeze, the price of uh, gas was going up and other things, and he kind of put a price freeze in the economy so as not to throw the economy into recession. So he won against business in the interest of allowing society an affordable, you know what I mean, uh, living. And, and the cash flow might not be as much as somebody not paying a billion dollars worth of tax revenue, uh, but we did well. So uh, despite Watergate, if you took Richard Nixon and Watergate didn't occur, Richard Nixon was really incredible. They talked with China, uh, the way that he steered the economy. He inherited a war the same way that Mr. Trump inherited a war. And, and after you engage in war, you just can't walk away. There has to be a diplomatic solution. But uh, he's really the last president that I remember that put the interest at that juncture in his presidency. He put the people's interest, the welfare of the country, ahead of business interest. And I haven't seen that done since then. And uh, I'm always going to be puzzled, Joe, with the fact that George Bush Jr. had the same tax cut package, and it did not work. So I don't understand what would make anybody feel that it would work again. Once once you do something, once you take something from theory and you put it into practicality, and it doesn't work, um, I think you learn from from your mistake. Uh, tax cuts were always used as a stimulus to a sluggish economy. Now, Dan, wouldn't you, wouldn't you argue that it is working so far? I, no, I would not, and, 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 and I would tell you why. I, I would say, no, it is not working. It is working for a segment of the population, for sure, okay? But by and large, if your um, assets don't at least equal your liabilities and you're a businessman, your business is in danger of going bankrupt. Well, with the country, um, bankruptcy, uh, we can't go there. But there has been instances, um, like Iraq wasn't Iraq when, when I was a little boy, okay? It, was, it, it had another name. It was a different country completely. The Soviet Union was the USSR, and part of the reason that it fell was that it had so much liability, it had very little asset, um, its economy just did not work, and I think we forgave the debt. I think that all over the world, people funneled money into there, and that's how Putin got rich. He, he pocketed a lot of the money, um, but the debt of the Soviet Union having to do with their prolonged war with Iran and all that other stuff, um, my God, it, it, it just collapsed them. And uh, we as Americans, we seem to think that we can never fall, that, that uh, we're the largest debtor nation in the world. So I'm, I'm concerned about it. I haven't seen wage growth. Um, as you know, I did retire, but then I reentered the workforce. And what I had seen reentering the workforce is companies do not offer really, by and large, 100% employer-paid health care benefits, 
a lot of their retirement programs, because people moved away from defined benefits, pensions are, are very stingy. Well, now, Dan, let me just come back with the average wage growth. It was higher in 2019 than it has been since it dropped at the end of the Bush uh, presidency. Well, uh, I would I would have to see proof. In other words, um, I can't tell you that, no, Joe, I disagree with it. I can say this, Joe, I don't think that per capita income by and large has increased. And I really don't think that the number of people who are participating in the economy has increased. But what about the num- what about how about this, Dan? The numbers I said at the beginning of the uh, of the hour and more people are spending money. There was more money spent on holiday shopping this year than last year, and last year was a record uh, before the previous year before that. So people are spending more money, which would indicate that there's more disposable income. Okay. Would it? I think in theory that's what it's supposed to mean. I would have to take a look at installment credit debt. I would have to take a look at how many people refinanced their mortgages I, I think a little bit, uh, and I don't mean to pick on young people, but fiscally, um, they robbed Peter to pay Paul. Uh, I always paid myself before I bought anything that wasn't essential. So after I put a little money away for a rainy day and then after I paid my bills, then I bought extras. I don't think a lot of people run their personal economies that way any longer. And in fact, I know some young people who are more than $40,000 in debt on, on credit card type debt. And then if you added their motor vehicle into it, it's, there's no wonder that the only reason they can, they got to live into an apartment because they can't accumulate enough money for a down payment on a house. Um, uh, it's just different. It, it, it's a generational uh, difference. You asked me what would drive me to the ballot box this year. And I haven't picked my candidate yet, um, and I think there's nothing but poor choices for a presidential candidate. What's going to drive me to vote for somebody is I want to hear some truth. Um, I, I, I want to hear no hate. I, I would like somebody to come out and say, vote for me because this is my policy. I don't think this works. I think this was kind of good. I think if you throw this into that, it could be better. And I think by and large, the American people and as a country, the United States of America, we could be better. If I could find that type of uh, politician who would talk to me that way and, and not sensationalize everything or not pit one group against another in order to achieve their own goal, um, that would be the candidate that I would I, I, I would vote for. I think that the current economic policy is very good for the wealthy, and it's very good for business. And I think what you'll see in the year-end reporting is record profits. I don't think the wage growth is as big as what you're thinking. And I think after all the returns after the Christmas holiday, that Christmas isn't going to be as big. But if it is, then I would ask you, Joe, to look at the indebtedness of us as a population uh, and relate that uh, to 30 years prior. And I think that you would see uh, uh, the amount of debt that the average American family is carrying 
is staggering. I couldn't sleep at night uh, if I were in that circumstance. Well, Dan, thanks for the call. And I found the chart on wage growth on Business Insider. So that is the uh, the source of that. Dan, you have a great weekend. That is Dan in West Seneca. Frank, we're going to go to 55 here. Sharon in Lancaster. Sharon, good morning. Sharon, good morning. All right, we'll put Sharon on hold, and we'll go to Wayne and Chitawaga. Wayne, good morning. Good morning, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How you doing this morning? Oh, can't complain. Can't complain. Hey, I, I think you know. I agree to a certain point, uh, you know, about you know the economy and stuff like that. It's uh, it's really good, but people are are going to ruin it. And and what the reason I say that is because. People overspend. It starts locally. It starts in your own home, and then it goes up to the to the city. It goes up to the county. Goes up to the state, and and then the nation. That's why we're so so much in debt. People people aren't. They're, they're supporting all these other countries that hate our guts. They uh, you know they're overspending on everything. Uh, there's a lot of graft and corruption. I mean, if it wasn't for the internet, uh, I, we wouldn't know. Half the things that we know about the the grass and corruption around the world. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, wait. You know that's a good point. There's a lot of stuff that uh, we we find out on the internet, or stuff that has to be released because it leaked on the internet. But what do you call it? The uh, you know these politicians. Uh, when are people going to smarten up? They keep voting for the same people. Who stick it to them? Well, hey, you know, that's that's a great point. I always talk about people who moved down to North Carolina or to Virginia who, you know, couldn't find work here, went to a better economy down south, but they get there and then they keep voting for the same politicians that had the same issues that ruined the state we're currently standing in that used to be called the Empire State. Oh, exactly. And now look what Look what Cole's got it going at. I, I mean, I, I can't disagree with that. I, I don't understand why when people see nothing but failing numbers, they see a failing economy, why they still, when they go to the ballot box, will vote for those same ideals, even when it drove them out of the first state. And, and it, 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 yeah, I mean, apparently you can't fix stupidity. I guess not, man. Hey, you have a great weekend. That's Wade in Chittawaga. Now we'll go to Sharon in Lancaster. Sharon, good morning. Sharon in Lancaster, good morning. All right, we will not go to Sharon in Lancaster. But, you know, that is something. I drive down to Virginia, obviously, for the tech games a lot. I have friends and family in Carolina. And I'm always amazed, you know, if you get outside of northern Virginia, it's very conservative, kind of like in New York State. You get out of the cities. You get out of New York City. You get out of uh, – even here in Buffalo, if you're out of the city, it's mostly a, a, a conservative in the suburbs. But you talk to people from New York State who moved to those states, who, who moved to Florida, and they still have the same mindset that they're going to vote for Democrat policies. Even though they were in the state, New York State – that saw those policies ruin the economy. You know, we talk about the tax cuts and we see Democrats call in and say those tax cuts didn't help anybody in the lower class. Actually, outside of New York State, those tax cuts helped a lot of people in the lower and middle class.
But Governor, uh, Governor Cuomo didn't want people in New York State to see the benefits of Trump's tax cuts. And so we saw a tax added here. I just don't get that mindset when you move out of New York State because you couldn't find a job here or no matter how much money you made, you were still paying way too much in taxes. You had not, you had very little disposable income. So you moved to North Carolina, you moved to Virginia, you moved to Florida and you say, wow, I got a lot more money. I'm actually making less money, but I have more money in my pocket. My house is cheaper. And I don't mean the price of your house. I mean, property taxes. I'm not paying in, in income tax. You see all these things. I don't get the mindset that you still go to the voting booth and vote for the same policies. You, you've, seen what, you've seen what's happened here. And, and I said this last week. You know, New York State, the empire state it's supposed to be. But it's just gotten, for many, too ridiculous to live in. We ta- overtax everything. You know, if you take the state taxes away here in Erie County, things are pretty reasonable. You can go out for a, a good meal pretty cheap. The prices of housing is pretty controlled. But then you add the property tax and you add your income tax and everything else that comes out of your paycheck. Yeah, I can see why people look for jobs outside of the state. And again, I said, it's not a business-friendly state. And I think four more years of Trump, four more years of Trump putting, you know, making the federal economy better, you're going to lose a lot more businesses. A lot more places are going to realize it's not worth doing business here. You know, we had all the vape shops open up, all these uh, small business owners, and the state ruined that for them. You know, what's next? And I don't want to get into this as a topic, but banning e-scooters? Really? Have you been to these states with the e-scooters? They're, they're so much fun. You get on your Lyft app. You, uh, you're near one because you can just drop them off anywhere. And you take them around town. But the governor doesn't want that. He doesn't want e-bikes. He doesn't want Trump judges getting married. He wants to charge you more taxes. He wants to make out-of-state uh, visitors pay more to get on the 90. And is there anything worse? You just paid $3, 3 or $4 to drive up the 90. By the way, you probably had to stop and fill up your tank for a ridiculous amount. You get out of the, uh, the toll booth in Williamsville, and what's the first thing you do? You ruin your, uh, your alignment. You have to go get your car realigned. Right after uh, the Williamsville toll booth, there is, it's like, it's like uh, Main Street down by Canisius. That's how bad the, the 90 is. I just paid to be on this. And then you drive through Pennsylvania where you don't have to pay anything to drive on the 90 or the 79 in Pennsylvania. And they have a beautiful welcome center. The roads are nice and smooth. But then you turn that car around. Hey, welcome to New York. That'll be three bucks. Make sure you pay us. And by the way, yes, it was 70 miles an hour. Your whole way up here, it's going to be 65 now. And we have a cop right after that toll booth where you got your, uh, your toll ticket. But I wonder why people don't want to visit here. I wonder why people are leaving here left and right. Man, there's a mystery. 
there's a mystery for everyone. All right, one more hour to go on the Friday show. What do you say we have some fun the last hour? We'll do that when we come back. It's Joe Beamer here on News Radio 930 WBEN. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.